Hey, this is Kevin Nagraj from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have David Pipecourt with us. David is a leader, trainer, and coach. His decades of experience leading and operating in different complex situations and environments fuel his passion for helping others to be the best they can be. During his 24 years of career in U.S. Army, Colonel Fernandez, numerous positions where he developed his leadership, training, coaching, and mentoring skills. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. I've listened to a couple of your episodes and you do a great job interviewing the folks that you have on. Thank you so much for that compliment. Let's move on to the questions now. First off, tell us something about you you should shortly know. And you think that majority of the people don't know? So I grew up in Ohio, in a town close to Columbus, Ohio, and decided to go to West Point, which is the United States Military Academy. I set out on a journey to serve in the Army and ended up going for 24 years. And I eventually retired from the Army in 2017. One of the things that some folks may not know about me is I'm a big cyclist. You can see over my (laughs) shoulder there, my bikes. I just recently went to Belgium and rode what was called the Paris-Roubaix Challenge, which replicated a pro race. And then we got to watch the pros race on the, the same course. That was a lot of fun. That's my passion outside of coaching and doing some business consulting. Wow. Tell us about any experience from biking that you have got, which you think is an important aspect in every endeavor of life. Yeah. So one of the things out of cycling that's applicable to life is this idea of the domestique. So if you're not familiar with cycling, most cycling teams, when they set out in a race, whether it's the Tour de France or a one-day race, tend to have about eight people. And there's always the star. And the star is, of course, the current round of stars are like Garen Thomas and Achar and Jonas Vigard. But they all have these guys which are called domestiques. And the idea of the domestique is you're this helper because When you ride behind somebody, it's 10 or 20% easier because you're in the slipstream, you're Mm -hmm. drafting, you're not working as hard. And so they all have these domestiques. And I think one of the things that everybody forgets as a leader is this idea that you've got to have great followers as well. Everybody can't be a leader. Mm -hmm. And you want these followers like these domestiques that are willing to work hard, set you up for success because by and large, they're really good domestiques. And one of the best ones out there right now is a guy by the name of Sepp Kut, who's an American from Colorado who works for Jumbo Visma. What he does is he works really hard on the hills and gets the star to the last two to three kilometers and then peels off and the star has to take it from there. But the domestique, these followers work really hard to set their star up for success and be able to go take the win or take the yellow jersey. Wow. And that job in our life can be also done by assistants such as coaches. What do you think about it? An outside perspective towards your work? In some ways, the coach is a domestique. The coach is trying to get the best that they can out of the client. And you're working with the client. You're trying different techniques to see what really works with them and what doesn't. One of the things that I'm passionate about is I spend a couple of sessions with the client working on their personal purpose statement. And a lot of them, a lot of the clients that I've worked with have never really thought about what's really their why, what's really fueling them both professionally and personally that's really energizing them and, and what's the reason for being. And we spend some time thinking about it and it's hard intellectual work. They tend to not get it right the first time and they continue to iterate it, talk to their spouse, talk to other coworkers and say, hey, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Is this really me? And then I get them to, okay, when they, once we finally settle on something, 
I ask them to take a sticky note and put it up on their mirror or on their computer screen so they see it every day during the remainder of the time that we're working. And it's okay that it's not right. You're never, you change it domestique in, in helping them get there. Wow. There, the last part, I, there was a glitch in the last part, but I'm going to continue asking the questions. Tell us about any client realizations, any client experiences that you have had, any, anything, any story that comes to mind when it comes to any success stories? Yeah, one of the, well, I'm not sure this is a success story, but it's something that I realized as a coach. One of the things that, that I also work with them is goal setting. And I work with a lot of senior executives in large companies. And one of the things that they're really good at is setting business goals and, hey, we're going to raise profits or raise revenue by X percentage or whatever. But I ask them to take some time and set a personal goal and a professional goal that they want to work on while we're working together. And interestingly, one of the areas that I think we all as people struggle with is when we set a personal goal, we don't set the same sort of metrics with our personal goals that we set with professional goals. And as a result, we say, oh, I'm going to lose weight. Okay. If you're going to lose weight, let's put a number to that. Is it 10 pounds? Is it 20 pounds? Is it five kilograms? Whatever certainly helps focus it and helps folks achieve that goal. The other thing that I found with goal setting that I think your folks can take away from today is also everybody's super busy. And if you think you're going to add another goal to your things that are going on in your life without taking a hard look at what you're going to take off or what you're going to get rid of to free you up to have time to do that, you're also probably not setting yourself up for success. So the two realizations that I've had as I've worked with clients is one, personal goals need to have some sort of metric. And then second, you've got to also think really hard about, hey, what are we not going to do that's going to allow me to do this new thing? Whether it's more time with my spouse or go play golf or whatever it is, something's got to give and something you're not going to do because most folks are pretty darn busy right now. Yeah, most folks are pretty darn busy. And speaking of making yourself time, it, let's kick professionally this time. Yes, about the ways of making more time, being more productive in the time that we spending working. Yeah. One of the things I do that I think is different than a lot of my coach, coaching counterparts is I call it take your coach to work day. And I will go out and spend the day with the client wherever they work and sit on meetings and go on visits to different parts of the, of the business. It helps me get to know them a lot better. And then it also helps me work with them on their processes and systems that they have in place as a leader. And it gives them, frankly, it's not their boss looking at it. It's not a peer, but I've seen enough of the executives that I can share best practices. I can help them figure out ways to do things. One of the more interesting things on these visits, as I followed these folks around, is trying to help them with their process of visiting. So let's say one of the executives out there has a multi-unit sort of responsibility of 10 or 20 or 50 stores. And they have to visit each one of them. They spend a couple hours in each one. One of the things that we work really hard on is, hey, you got to have a summary at the end. So, you know, when you get done with the visit, you've identified all these things. You talk to the leader there at the store. Hey, what are the top three things that you're going to fix? And then that leader, that the executive that I'm coaching also has to figure out how do they get those things into their system and processes so they are able to follow up on those things and stay focused on what's really important. Those are a couple of things that I've found that have helped executives that I've worked with and hopefully it helps some, somebody out there that's listening to this. Yes. And as you spoke of systems and processes, so they have to develop those systems and processes by themselves, right? 
you can yeah. only help them guide so how do you guide them build those systems and processes so that the business rules as it should be yeah so i, I don't pretend to know how to run their business and it's up to them on how do they get the most out of the business what i look for is ways to optimize like their visit system how they interact with the folks at the location one of the more interesting things is i sit in i've sat in on a bunch of meetings and one of the things is if you sat in to these meetings with this company that i've done a bunch of them you would the company was about ready to go bankrupt because every single meeting started out with every single thing that was wrong with all those different parts of the organization. And then finally, at the end, the leader would say, okay, you guys are doing a great job. Keep up the great work. I got to run to my next Zoom call. I said, hey, look, you guys just had the most profitable year you guys have ever had. This company is going extremely well. It's well known. It's got a great culture. Let's lead with some positivity and let's put some positive notes at the front of these meetings. So folks hear them. They understand that, hey, there are good things going on. And then you can hit all the bad things that are going on that you want to get better. Because everybody, you know, that runs a business always has a million things that they want to do better at and things aren't up to standard. But if I just thought it was interesting that they needed to recognize, hey, let's talk about some positivity at the beginning of the meeting about what's going great in the organization. And then we can get to all the stuff that is not going so well. So do you suggest starting every conversation with a positive note? Or? Yeah, certainly the meetings that I've sat in with this company, and that's this company's corporate culture, always focused on what we can do better. They have a relentless piece on how to improve and how to get the business running better and more efficiently. And that's great. And I, I'm not trying to change that. But with these executives, I thought it was worthwhile to at least select a couple of things that are going well to, to, to and I call it lead with positivity to lead with a couple of things that are going well, just to make sure that the team knows that they are doing something well, rather than everything is, everything needs to get fixed. And we're only going to talk about the stuff that needs to get fixed, not the stuff that's going well. Yes, got it. Tell us about the work, okay? About the work which your clients do. Is there any particular format of work that they do? Tell us about your clients. Who are your clients? When should they reach out? What are they struggling with? Yeah, the clients that I've mainly worked with are multi-unit managers or leaders from as small as 10 locations, typically 50 locations, but then I've done folks as, as large as 100. And typically, the idea is how do we grow them as leaders and how do we get them to improve? So if there are folks out there that are multi-unit leaders, would love to have a conversation with you and talk to you about where you are, what's going well in the company, what's going well with you personally, and, and what you would like to improve. And I'll take a look at it and see if I, if my skills can help you. There are areas where I'm not so good as an executive coach, and I'm happy to refer you to somebody else that might be able to help you if those are the shortcomings that, that you've got. But would love to talk to any of your listeners that are multi-unit leaders, whether it's from restaurants to gas stations to big box stores. would love to help any of those folks improve and get better at what they do. Yeah. And what are the ways of reaching out to you? Tell us about your website, your email or anything that can help us reach out. The website is thefivecoatconsultinggroup.com. All one word. My email is david.fivecoat at thefivecoatconsultinggroup.com as well. I'm on LinkedIn as David Fivecoat. You can also on LinkedIn, you can find my company TFCG, which is the initials of the Five Coat Consulting Group. You can find that. I do send out, one of the things that I do is I blog. I blog about using his, history as a way to draw leadership lessons. And this year, I'm a 
from my military background, I'm a military historian. And so this year I'm doing for the whole year, World War II in the European theater of operations and different leaders and their leadership styles and skills and things that folks can take away from their examples and use them in today's business world. Like tomorrow, Teddy Roosevelt Jr., who landed at Omaha Beach on D-Day on June 6th, there's a whole post on him and how he was able to be flexible because he landed at the wrong place. And he said, okay, we're going to make the best of this and we're going to make things work from doing this. And he's a great leadership example of what he did on Omaha Beach on June 6, 1944. So do reach out, guys. It's easy to reach out to him. David So my next question, which is unfortunately the final question, tell us about something. Tell us about a question that we should have asked, but we haven't. But you would like to answer that question. So what would that question be? And what would the answer to that question be? Yeah, a question that you didn't ask. So one of the things that I have found is as a coach, sometimes I misread the client and I'm human and fallible, just like anybody. Coaches are perfect. And it turns out that some of the clients that I have had the hardest time reaching or connecting with uh, actually in the long run, take the most away from it. I had uh, one client that like uh, challenged me for the first four sessions that we did together. And I was dreading going to that fifth or sixth session that we were having because it was just, you know, he's questioning everything. I was like, man, I'm not connecting. I might have to give this client up. But at some point in time there, the challenge of challenging the coach uh, caused a stronger bond for us. And we ended up working for twice as long as I thought we were going to. And he really made some huge progress. And for the clients, for the folks that are out there that are thinking about taking on an executive coach, realize it is a two-way street. You're not just passive. Challenge your coach, ask why, ask why we're doing this, ask the purpose behind it, and be an active participant in the coaching process. And I think the other question that's out there is, folks, if you're thinking about doing executive coaching, you also have to be willing to do the work. You've got to show up, you've got to do the homework, and you've got to be committed to making this change and making things a little bit better than they were before you started the coach. And a coach can definitely get you over those rough spots and help you achieve what you're trying to, to achieve. Yeah. And what I've seen is every great achiever has a coach. So it is not an option, but a necessity necessity for most of us to succeed as business owners and entrepreneurs. So final thoughts, Joe, what are your final thoughts? Yeah. That point that you made right there about how all these folks have a great coach. Some may not have them by name, one of their parents is sort of their pocket coach or they have a, it's their, their co-entrepreneurs that are running a company and they coach each other. There's a lot of things out there where folks may not have a, may not believe that they have a formal coach, but when they really peel it back a little bit, they've got somebody that's a mentor, a coach, a parent, a friend that they rely on for advice and trying to help them get unstuck when they get stuck. And if you are feeling stuck, you can definitely reach out to David. So do reach out to David. And with that said, we'll let David go. So David, thank you so much for such a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. I really did. Pleasure is all mine. I am your host, Kiran Agrar, signing off. You guys take care. Bye-bye.